Can we talk about Lakers stuff? Yes, please, let. All right, let's talk about Lakers stuff. So the Lakers are streaking. They are. They have a two-game winning streak. Um, Matt Ryan is the best shooter in in, in the NBA in NBA <laughs> maybe history? NBA history. Yeah, right. It's like it's Matt Ryan, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and like Ray Allen or can we Reggie just Miller talk about or Larry the Bird? Shot? Can we just talk about the shot that he he made? Like he essentially started at what would you know be the equivalent of like the line of scrimmage, ran like a corner fade. Got both his feet inbounds, then turned. <laughs> got him down. Yeah, got got both his feet inbounds, turned, and then threw it through the uprights for three points. Like that was just incredible. I I, I still I know I talked about this with Harrison. I know I tweeted out the clip a second ago, um, with uh, you know from the show in which we both marveled at the shot. But mm-hmm. that's one of the tougher shots that I think I have ever seen. It isn't like a lucky shot, you know. Like it, it, there are like heaves from half court that you're saying like, okay, yeah, that was, that was like after the game, for example, uh, I think Anthony Davis, like right after the whistle shot, uh, the ball 60 feet and, and made it right. Um, uh, which is like yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah. That the was, one uh, three that AD has made right? yeah. recently hey, is man. a 60 footer. Hey. No, I think it may have even been farther than that. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just, that, that shot that he made, uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to my pink shirt, uh, making it on spectrum, by the way, after the, uh, Sabrina, I know it's weird for me too. It is super weird <laughs> and it never ends well. Like the last couple of years, it has not ended well when I am happy about the, the, the Lakers, but yeah, this, hey, Matt, I, if I get, if I get my feet down and I get a, I get a look at it, it's, he, it's going to go in. He's such a shooter. Like he thinks about the game, like, you know, like cornerbacks are like this in football. You know, and and hitters kind of have to be like this in baseball, where like you just have to have unworldly confidence in yourself because of the odds that are stacked against you. Um, every time that you shoot, like a good shooter, it misses more often than they make. Right. Uh, a, a great shooter misses from three point range uh, more often than they yeah, make. Yeah, I mean the 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 best guy ever shoots forty two percent from three. Right. Right. Uh, the, you know, some of the best the hitters in the history of the sport, right. were, you know, like yeah, you're out, you're out, and low. Seven, you're out seven times out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then quarterbacks get, you know, the, they get scored on more often than they, than they stop those plays. And, and, and so, um, yeah, I, I just find the way that he approaches the, the sport really interesting from like a, a psychiatry, psychology aspect of this stuff. But I told Harrison that I, this feels like the most sustainable that Lakers success could potentially be like, right. This feels like they, they've, they've kind of found something here with Russell Westbrook coming off of the bench and not closing games. Uh, Lonnie Walker, like I can tell well, Lonnie, not necessarily closing games. I, I don't think, I don't need to see. Didn't he close, I think he closed. Uh, he didn't close I, overtime. No, 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 no. Not in the last game, but the, the game before, I think he did close. Yeah, he did not well, close the I mean, last game. I, it, it might be a game by game thing. That's at, what I mean. Yeah, least, not necessarily closing. At it, least yes. we know that it's an option that he doesn't have to, to to close those games. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lonnie Walker is so legit that by my dad already knows his name. Oh. Like my dad is the worst person when it comes to knowing players' names. And today we were we were driving because we were going to pick up lunch, and and he was like, "Yeah, this this Walker guy looks legit." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> 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 this so Lonnie might have his like jersey in the rafters by the time I, this is all said point. and done. 
Um, but yeah, yeah what do you think about the premise of of this Lakers success right now feeling sustainable? I, I do, I do think so, and especially um, because in uh, yesterday, or excuse me, uh, Wednesday specifically, uh, both guys. LeBron and AD were both kind of beat up, right? LeBron with the non-COVID illness and he's got the foot soreness and AD's back obviously doesn't feel great. I do think that the Lakers have found something with Russ coming off the bench. Um, And I think that, so it's interesting because the Lakers are playing at, I think they're second or third in pace and playing obviously at a faster pace than last year. And you would think that is kind of, counter to what LeBron does. LeBron likes to walk the ball up more. He can play uh, in, in, in transition, but he likes to walk the ball up more and be able to dissect in the front court, use his brain, use his passing. And LeBron, even though the Lakers are playing faster than, or than they did last year, LeBron's front court touches are identical to what they were last year. So it is the, the pace is you would think like, Oh, LeBron's going to slow it down. The pace is coming from other guys and other guys are being uh, empowered to handle the ball more. Coach Ham said he wanted to play fast. The Lakers are playing fast. So I think there is more like there's more meat on the bone either because LeBron hasn't, he's been good, but he hasn't been his normal efficient self. So I think that there is much more meat on the bone for the Lakers offense and the defense obviously has been fantastic. So I think the defense can hover around this level and the offense can pick it up some. And then I think you've really got something. I think that Pat Bev has been terrible. Like, let's call it, let's call it what it is. Pat Bev has been terrible, but I think it matters that he starts um, because what the one thing that he does, as long as he can guard other primary ball handlers, he's going to put pressure on those guys. He's going to make their life uncomfortable, even if he's not good offensively which basically means he's making catch and shoot jumpers because he's not going to do much else. As long as he puts pressure on the ball, that's going to disrupt the team, the opposition early. So I think the calls for him not to start are premature. I think it's important that he still starts. Um, But with Troy Brown starting, the Lakers have a more normal-sized group of starters, which allows Pat Bev to take the primary ball handler defensive role and him putting that pressure and disrupting, I think is really important. The Aust- Austin Reeves, I think Austin, I would like to see Austin come in with uh, Russ as the first subs together because I, I don't think Austin should start necessarily, but I do think it's important to have Austin in with LeBron, with AD, um, because when Austin is one of the best players on the floor, his offensive role gets weird and he tries to do too much. So I like him when he's playing as more of a connector with better talent around him. So in those moments where, where Russ comes in and, and I even agree with this, that we should probably be staggering Russ and LeBron a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But that hasn't been the case so far, but I do think it's important to have those Austin minutes and with whether it's with Russ or with not with AD and with LeBron. So he can play that connector role instead of kind of having to do too much as a facilitator. That is an oversized role for him at this point in his career, in my opinion. Yeah. I Pat's play, you know, he, he made some big plays at the end of the game, uh, you know, just creating extra opportunities and doing Pat things. 
some things that kind of make me a little nervous is, you know, him defensively, he's fouling um, a little too much for my liking. Yes. And he's hesitating offensively, which... Um, he's just not, he's not making shots and well, he's not right. making catch and shoot shots. And that's his, that is his utility well, offensively. But like, so, so one of the, one of the smarter things that Chuck ever said, and, and it always just kind of stands out as in to me. TNT Chuck. Yeah. TNT All Chuck. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. He was watching Kobe play and he saw Kobe like pump fake under the rim. And he was like, Oh man, Kobe's moving into the next kind of phase of his career. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I remember that pump fake where there's nobody there. Right. <laughs> there's there's start nobody seeing, there. You start seeing ghosts. Yeah. yeah you start, you start you hearing steps. Is, you, yeah. You know, <laughs> half, like your yeah. Percent diminished. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see, I, I see this with Pat where some of his shots, he's more open than he actually, than, than he thinks he is. And, and you see that slight hesitation. Pat is turning down too many shots. Yeah. yeah he's like, he's just, he's kind of like, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if it's a hearing steps thing, but regardless of what it is, if that's not what Pat's doing out there, then Pat isn't like doing the things that Pat needs to do to stay out there. And in which case I'd rather have Austin Reeves, who's bigger and a better defender so far this season. Um, the, yeah, I, 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 just, wanna... I think the track record of Pat as a shooter, as a catch and shoot shooter, um, like I understand the concern, because this the team is shooting whatever it is. I think it's 28.6% from three on the yeah. year right now. But I think it's it's maybe a week early to worry yeah. about Pat the shooter. And because he has a track and frankly, Austin doesn't, right? Austin. Yeah. I, no, that's for, what I'm saying. For the like, fact that he's gonna... a white guy and it like kind of looks pretty clean, it doesn't go in. Yeah. No, he. I, I'm not saying that I'm Austin would be providing shooting. Like, I. I'm saying that Austin provides more on defense and he's bigger. So he's, I, I don't agree that Austin provides more on defense. He is bigger though. He's, he's like six, four. Pat's no, like he's, six no, he's one. bigger than Pat. So, I don't agree that he provides more on defense yet. Yeah. Though. Um, but I think the connector stuff that he does is very important on both offensively and defensively. I just, I think that the one thing that Pat really can do um, and to, again, to start the year, he was seen more as, as a wing, right? A three and D wing, as opposed to a point guard defensively specifically. And now that Russ is coming off the bench and, and Troy Brown, who is a wing size guy and can guard threes is starting. It lets Pat shift down more into a natural role for him, which is guarding point guards. And I do think there's a lot of value in just him harassing them for the first, you know, whatever, four or five, six minutes of the game to kind of prevent the opposition from getting into an offensive rhythm rhythm Mm -hmm. early. And that's not something that Austin can do. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's fair. I, I, when I say, I think Austin provides more on defense, I see Walker in that role as being able to kind of hound the ball. And then you slide Austin into more of like a connective tissue defensive player and but regardless like i i, I we're, we're talking about i think it's a smaller issue than what i actually want to talk about here which is anthony davis and what he's doing defensively i don't think it's getting enough like this is crazy to say that a laker is not getting enough attention nationally but what anthony davis is doing with this defense is fucking insane Correct. it's absolutely incredible because if you look at this roster like lebron is i think still can be a plus size, a, 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 a plus. Did you defender. say a plus size? 
<laughs> you got LeBron doing Lane Bryant Watch. lingerie ad. <laughs> LeBron's a plus. <laughs> I'm he's telling my, him you said that. He's my wash jeans king. Like, he's like <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got LeBron doing all body types matter <laughs> lingerie ads now. I'm gonna get so much shit for that because as I say, like plus size, my like third chin is like. <laughs> hey, and by the way, like I agree. Shout out to all to. <laughs> All men and women of all body shapes and sizes and types. Everyone is beautiful in their own way. Just, I did not expect you coming out here saying LeBron is doing Lane Bryant ads. Uh, I did not, I did not, I did not expect that with my Friday almost afternoon. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that. And this is water. Like this isn't even a cocktail. This, anyway, this isn't. All right. So, um, yeah, LeBron. All body is types only... are all body types are beautiful, LeBron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but LeBron is probably like one of the few. LeBron, maybe Pat, maybe Lonnie. Like there aren't very many plus defenders on this roster, and the Lakers have a top five defense, and it's just it's obscene. And you know, I think Darvin and his stat Pat, deserve... Pat is Pat is a plus defender. LeBron is can not, be maybe not possession to possession, but is and. Anthony Davis is the destroyer of worlds that which is he's your just point. he's just incredible and and you know AD deserves a lot of credit for this I think Darwin deserves some credit for this and his staff for um you know putting him in in I think better positions like I you're not going to give yourself credit for banging the AD must play center at all well, times drum I was gonna I was gonna finish I was gonna save the best okay. for last get there okay but but like I I think uh, the drop coverage has allowed, and, and Alex Regler wrote about this for Silver Screen. I've talked about it a few times on, on the various pods, but the drop coverage that the Lakers are utilizing is basically keeping AD in the paint and just swallowing up the most important territory on a basketball court. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I am going to say that like Anthony Davis playing fucking center makes him the best defensive presence he can possibly be. Like This is all I've been asking for. Well, so thank you. Thank you, kind Anthony of. Davis. No, kind you're of. all welcome. Okay, Everybody listening of. to this, you're all welcome. Kind of. <laughs> I think it's Anthony Davis's versatility and his ability to do all sorts of things makes yeah. him the best defensive presence that he can be. Um, but he's able to focus on this, given the yeah, way but, that they're yeah, approaching yes, this. Yes, but, but here's the thing. I mean, Kawhi, I don't know if Kawhi is still in the NBA. Is he? Maybe. Mm. But he's quietly quitting. But Kawhi let's quitting. say let's say just hypothetically. Well, and the Lakers play quote unquote at the uh, at the Clippers coming up here shortly. But let's say in a in a playoff series and you've got Kawhi and Paul George healthy, which maybe is a stretch. <laughs> I don't want him like fighting with Zoo as a center, right? I want him and LeBron like, sorry, guys, you're guarding Kawhi and PG. Mm -hmm. So I think it is center is by far the most important defensive position on a basketball court. I almost said basketball floor. I'm channeling Brandon Ingram, who said <laughs> everything he said was something happening on the basketball floor. So I'm channeling I'm channeling B.I. Um, but I want I want LeBron and and A.D. guarding those two guys in their wings. Center is the most de uh, important defensive position. 
point guard or lead ball handler initiator is the most important offensive position. Um, so I think it is not the fact that he's just a center. I think it is that he is a center, but can also do yeah. the wing stuff that makes him so important. And his malleability based on, I mean, he hasn't played. He I tweeted this the other day, yesterday, I think it was, and got shit for it. He's the defensive player of the year. And I compared him to Giannis because Giannis, I think, is in the conversation in second. And AD's just been better. Yeah. Um, AD... His ability to also do the wing stuff defensively and the fact that he can do that while he hasn't like Giannis is playing with Brooke Lopez, who's also a fantastic defensive player, mm -hmm. half of his minutes. AD hasn't even played with Wenyan yet. AD has played zero seconds with anyone taller than six, eight. Yeah. He's played with Le a bunch of minutes with LeBron and that's it. He has played with nobody taller than 6'9". 100% of his minutes have come at center, and he is still able to do wing things. They they are playing that kind of like drop coverage Milwaukee system that Darvin learned under Bud a lot, but it's not just the center stuff from AD. And let's be clear, AD has had like the teams that, that the Lakers have played, the schedule so far, it doesn't include Embiid, but other than that, it is basically a who's who of, you know, the big bruising bodies in the NBA. It's Valanciunas, yeah. it's Jokic, it's Gobert and Cat. Like, he's playing against some big boys. Yeah. So Zubats. I think. Yeah, Zoo. Absolutely. Although Zoo was, wait, was that the game he, he missed? One game was that the game he missed? Because Zoo was the destroyer of worlds, <laughs> but Zoo had like yeah. seventeen and played against Nurkic like too. Nurk, so. yeah, good point. Yeah, so the fact that he can do that and can do the wing stuff, um, I think is what makes him. I think he's the deep. Do I think he's the best defensive player in the NBA? I don't know, maybe, but I do think he's the defensive player of the year so far. I what I don't know why he wouldn't be the best defensive player in the NBA. I don't know. I why mean, because would. like we're whatever seven eight games in, he he might be. But right? like this like, is what he's always been capable of. Like this is what's driven me insane yes, when, yes, when he wouldn't yes, play center. His, yes, but his 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 question would be, and frankly, what your question has been the last couple of weeks is: yeah. you need to, do the Lakers need to get him some help because having him play this much at center, maybe not definitely but maybe has taken a physical toll on him because like, and I think it's incredibly impressive that he's been able to do this with his back bothering him, but yeah. is the fact that he's having to wrestle with Gobert and Nurkic and Jokic for 33 minutes a night. Does that have any impact on the status of, you know, his body and his injury? Yeah. I, I, I think that's fair to be nervous about. Um, I, I, I do think like part of the reason why I would like the Lakers to to make the the trade for uh, Miles Turner is so that like you can still have this version of AD when he and Turner aren't out there together, and then when uh, AD and Turner are are out there together, you can I mean the the paint will just be no man's land. Like I don't even know how you try to get into the paint against those two, and then when AD is off of the court, you don't see the drop off like that. Like historically, since LeBron has gotten here, the most useless the Lakers look, the most helpless the Lakers look, is typically when LeBron sits down. But so far this season, just based on what I've seen, it's been when AD sits down that like they look like at their worst when 
they're hoping that Damian Jones can walk and chew gum at the same time, or that they're hoping that Not when you're done, I, you know, it sucks to say it, but it's a tough love thing. You know, that's how I was okay. raised. I, right. I'm going to, I'm going to call it like I see it. And Damian, you've been really bad. Um, like no, no Fortnite until, until you make <laughs> one alley-oop dunk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, would you agree though that I, I think so, like some, when the Lakers have looked at their worst, it's been when AD wasn't available. Like that's, that's, that's yes. when they, you know, I know I, really I, I, I do agree with that. Um, I, I think LeBron is still the team's best player, but I think that, and this is so such a weird thing to say, but because of how the roster is constructed, I think LeBron is more replaceable than AD, even though LeBron's not at all replaceable. Yeah. I just think that like the really the only other functional big guy on the Lakers roster, and, and he's not even a functional big guy. The only other guy that can functionally do big man things on the Lakers roster other it's than AD is, is LeBron. Oh, well. He is LeBron. Like yeah, I mean like so, Gabriel hasn't been bad. Like I, I you hate Gabriel. What did Gabriel I, do to you? Like what? Like, uh, Wenyan Gabriel stole my girlfriend in third grade. Uh, <laughs> it would make sense. I'm finally able to admit it now. No, I don't hate Wenyan Gabriel. What you you hate Wenyan Gabriel. You should. I don't. See, you guys Wenyan should Gabriel. see the slacks that Aaron, that Aaron will post. We're what? like, man, Gabriel's played really well so far this year, and Aaron in Slack is just like, fuck that dude. Was like, what? That seems really personal. <laughs> that. That is not a real thing. Look, the man, the man went. He may have still lived in the Sudan at that point, but in third grade, he took my. Actually, I don't think Wenyan Gabriel wasn't born yet when I was in third grade. Yeah, I know. But he he stole my girlfriend in third grade, and I still. uh, Yeah. Um, Look, Wenyan's fine. I just don't. He is a he is a big man on this roster. Mm and he's six nine, but yeah. I, I yeah like it's LeBron <laughs> like it's AD which is why in the game that when AD didn't play and a lot of people were wondering why myself included why the first game that that Russ went to the bench or came off the bench why there wasn't a stagger or more of a stagger between him and LeBron and I think the answer to that was that. LeBron was like basically the only, I mean, Damian Jones, sure. But like LeBron had to play minute, it had to play minutes as a big guy. And so that kind of diminished the time you could have him off with Russ on. So I do not hate Wenyan Gabriel. That is not a fair characterization. See, I mean, it's crazy. You guys, you should see the things he says about him. It's wild. Um, but I, so to put a bow on it, I kind of do agree with you that just because there are even fewer options, um, for what AD does. I, th- I do think that AD, he's not the best player. LeBron's the best player, but AD might be the most important player. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you had something for me on the Lakers. Oh, yeah, no, I just wanted to, because I was listening to a, a bunch of, you know, I listened to a million shows and, um, you know, watch a lot of basketball. And I'm fascinated also because it's the team of my youth. I am fascinated by what's going on with the Warriors right now. Mm-hmm. And More losses than the Lakers. Yeah, they're three and six, I think it is, and have lost four games in a row. Probably um, going to be three and seven because Ingram is coming back and they're sitting all their guys. Yeah, and so I think it's a James. I mean, the bent the, the Warriors starters have been the best five man unit in the NBA, and they're mm-hmm. still three and six. And as you say, are going to be three and seven after tonight. And 
the James Wiseman stuff is so fascinating to me. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because it gave me flashbacks to my time in Portland and Greg Oden. Mm. And Greg Oden was at least good though. Wiseman hasn't looked good ever. Wiseman is why Greg was good when he could play. It was very, but the reason why is because both of them felt it seems from the outside with Wiseman, because I don't know, but definitely with Greg felt so much pressure to live up to their lofty draft draft status. And Greg had KD drafted right after him. Greg didn't play his, his rookie year and KD was already scoring 20 a night as a rookie. Wiseman played some his rookie year, but then didn't play his second year. And while he didn't play in his second year, the guy drafted before him, Anthony Edwards, and the guy drafted after him, LaMelo Ball, became mm-hmm. stars. And it just feels like the... And they're both incredibly talented. Greg and Wiseman are both incredibly talented. And they... Because their body has failed them, and because of all the pressure, I'm wondering... And I was I was the first dude. I colonized Wiseman Island. But it just feels like it kind of at this point feels like a lost cause due to injury and due to just the weight of the world on both of them. It just feel and I hope it's not for why because he seems like a good kid. I don't know him at all, but he seems like a good kid. And you can see flashes of all the talent. But it just it's starting to feel like a lost cause. And in a macro sense, and as it relates to the Lakers, the Warriors doing this two timeline thing. Yes, they won a title last year. But the development thing, it just isn't, it's just not working. And if, if James is going to play, right? If James Wiseman is going to play minutes that he isn't, that he has not earned, why is Jonathan Kaminga not playing? There's something going on in Golden State. And if the Lakers win tonight, and if the Warriors lose tonight, the Lakers are favored, the Warriors are not favored. The Warriors weren't favored before everybody was sitting. So now that everybody's sitting, they definitely are not going to be favored the Lakers are going to be ahead of the Warriors and it is such a stark turnaround from opening night when everything looked great for the Warriors and the Warriors are just going to take off and everything looked terrible for the Lakers and Lakers. That game was close. That game, that game game was relatively Mm -hmm. close for a little bit and then it wasn't, it was close because clay and Steph didn't make a three pointer in the first half and then they made three pointers. It wasn't close anymore. So I I just think like what is going on with the Warriors is fascinating to me. This is this is one, and and I don't have obviously as much intel on on the Warriors as I do on on the Lakers, but it feels to me like one of those situations where there's there's a lot of pulling in different directions, a lot of rowing in different directions, where I'm sure there were people in the organization who would rather do right by Steph and and win now, and I'm sure there were people probably closer to Joe Lacob who you know, wasn't there when they drafted Steph. Steph isn't a Lacob guy. Like this is the thing that I found really interesting in 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 this um in in the way that they're they're talking about this this dual timeline thing that they're trying to balance. Is would they be doing this dual timeline thing if Joe Lacob had drafted Steph? I don't think they would be. And 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 I think, you know, with, with Wiseman, that is somebody that that Lacob had mm-hmm. a hand in, in drafting. That is somebody that uh you know what it's reminiscent of to keep bringing this back to the lakers yeah it's reminiscent of yeah of (laughs) jim's like obsession with bynum yes yeah well i also think too like especially with older owners you know in in jim 
I wonder how old Jim is compared to Joe Lacob. I, I I would imagine they're relatively close in age. I think I think Lacob's younger, but probably not by like, yeah, yeah, probably not by that much. But I think like older owners, they see the seven footer with all of the talent in the world, and they're mm. saying, yeah, that's that's our next ticket. That's that's mm-hmm. got to be our guy. And and um, what we're learning though is that like the sport has evolved, and actually Kaminga looks more traditionally like so, somebody who who feels like the next so face. This of- is this is such an interesting so here's what I don't get. Like whatever Kaminga is or is not doing that we don't see. Yeah. That has him getting all these They BNPs need a wing DVDs. too. Like they I don't know what they lost you know, Otto Porter and they didn't replace him and they aren't like they aren't giving Kaminga yeah, but, a chance to fill that. It's and weird. he could he's I don't think at this point he is a wing. I think at long term they want him to be a wing but he mm-hmm. isn't yet. Yeah, but whatever we don't see four. Kaminga doing or not doing off the court or in practice whatever has him getting dnps we are seeing what james wiseman is doing and he is like actively detrimental every time he comes so like we're seeing him in real nba games yeah so absolutely fair yeah what what does kaminga have to do to get a i mean he'll probably play tonight but and if you want to do the look what happens if he plays never worked it's he never plays, worked. Wiseman doesn't, and and they win. <laughs> well, and it's it's not just like oh, it's been he a gets rough benched stretch. for showing out. Showing they up. have they have lost to on this road trip Charlotte, mm-hmm. Detroit, Miami, who's good. But Charlotte without Lamelo, right? Like it's Correct. like a like an Correct. incredibly Correct. bad Charlotte team. Correct. Detroit, Charlotte, yeah. Miami, who's good but That's hasn't fine. been good this year, and Orlando. Oh and four on that road trip, <laughs> yeah. That's and they're that's gonna get their doors one. blown off tonight. Oh and five. I mean, look, New Orleans is good, but like, and especially Bi coming back. But that's that's the trip. It's not right. like you went to Milwaukee and you know what Chicago's fine. Cleveland, right? Yeah, you're not going through the the juggernauts of the East here, right? Yeah, it's, I it's, it's it's something. I, I I've but always not, thought why not play Kaminga if you're gonna if you're gonna gift Wiseman minutes? Okay, it's gonna be about development. When we get to the playoffs, fine, right? Yeah. Fine, like our starting five is going to play, and they're going to be the destroyer. Fine, then why not Kaminga also? Yeah, it sounds I, weird there. Yeah, I mean, it, there are some kind of whispers out there that Kaminga doesn't isn't like as committed to basketball, or there, there's there's some Stephen whispers a talks about, about him showing up late. A yeah, bunch. like there's there's some of that stuff, and and but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you still got to get something out of the guy, you know, or trade and, him. Yeah, or, or if he's not going to play, trade him and get some help because yeah. the Warriors uh, they need is it. an abomination. They 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 really yeah they really actually I think it's, it's one thing it, it, to have the best lineup in the league and then to go like anything other than that lineup is bad. <laughs> the, 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 they go like yesterday. It's like all right, so the starters are in. They're going to get up eight or ten or twelve, and then yeah. the bench comes in. And you're like, well, this is fucked. <laughs> It's not, um, you can't, the Warriors have to win games twice or three times or four times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, playing extra games with an older core like that is, is tough. And I know Clay has gotten a lot of the attention for, you know, he, um, for how he looks coming off of the two injuries and stuff. But I think the bigger issue to me is, is a more foundational one. And, and I know this is going to shock people that I, I, I'm here talking about find foundational organizational issues, but like if your organization isn't all rowing in the same direction, um, it makes it really difficult to 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 succeed at at 
the level that NBA teams have to uh, succeed at now. I like we talk about this all the time. You know, when we talk about the uh, the 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 success that the Lakers have had historically. And the first thing you always come back to is that was a very different league. And mm-hmm. this is a, this is the most competitive the NBA has ever been. And if your team, if your organization isn't united behind that one goal and and like it's one thing to disagree on what people think they need to succeed now, right? Like that no no uh, organization is going to be universally aligned on every single topic, sure. but, but big time macro goals of competing now and trying to compete now moving forward, that's very different. And I, and I think with the, with the warriors, um, what we're seeing now, and I think their roster is very representative of it is an organization that isn't necessarily on the same page on a macro level and that needs to change. Right, so I would I would be quick to like blame Kerr for the Kaminga stuff and the Wiseman stuff, but to be fair, I don't know what percentage of that is or how much of that is his decision or how much of that is management slash ownership influence. Yeah, um, but it's Kerr, not like, working. And by the way, and here's the, here's the, here's the part of it, right? Like, if you're just going to develop, thing if Kerr was a bad coach, but he's not a bad coach. Like, if you want to just develop guys. Right. And this is true of any NBA team. This is true of the Lakers. Also, if you want to just like spend time developing, that's fine. And the Warriors have a proof of concept that this group can win a title. They did it last year. But the West is so good. And not even just the West, the NBA is so good. Yeah. And so competitive. But the West in this case is so good that like, are the Warriors going to miss the playoffs because they're wasting minutes on, on uh Wiseman and maybe Kaminga? No, probably not. But the West is too damn good to like you yeah. fuck, fuck around and find out, right? Right. You could they could fuck around and find themselves in the play in because they don't, you know, they w- waste another 10 games and say, like, all right, we're trying this before they figure out we can't do this anymore. Same, the same, to be fair, the same is true of the Lakers in the trade talks and all of that. Um, although the Lakers are certainly on an uptick right now, but the point is the West is so good that the difference between, and and look, the Warriors were a three seed last year and proved that they can win without having home court all the time and all of that. But the West is so good. Each, each spot down in the, uh, in the standings, uh, God forbid anybody gets into the plan. That's obviously you could be one and done mm-hmm. in those cases or each spot makes your path more difficult. So all of this materially impacts your chances of winning. Yeah. Are the Warriors going to miss the playoffs? I know. Are the Warriors going to be fine in the playoffs? And should they be favored probably in every series? Yes, probably. But all this fuck around and find out. Yeah. You may find out and find yourself in sixth or seventh. And that makes, makes your path materially more difficult because the West is just too damn good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's by the way. And you know, before, we see how some of these other league-wide issues play out where all of a sudden, you know, if things go poorly enough in, in, in Brooklyn, you know, do they, do they break it up and do they send Kevin Durant somewhere? And now, now, you know, if, if you're golden state and you're like, well, I can talk myself into being a seven seed and still succeeding. And then all of a sudden you face off against Kevin Durant and a two seed or a one seed, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> that stuff matters. 
Well, and here's I, look, I can't talk about trades and stuff specifically, but one of the I'm bring this full circle. One of the parts of the the Kyrie stuff is he's a free agent after this year. So how does that impact whatever Brooklyn decides to do with him, with KD, with whoever else now? And it's interesting. Why are they like, why are they, why is Brooklyn so committed to this, to him? Like he's not in the long-term plans anyway. It it appears from the outside. He's not in the long-term plans. Cause if he was, you extend him. Yeah. If he's not in the long-term plans, why spend so much energy on all of this? Because he's talented. Like <laughs> he's damn good. That's 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 he's a damn know, good basketball player. It's a sad answer. It's a frustrating and answer. And another question we don't know from the outside. I don't know, at least. I'm not gonna speak for anyone else. I don't know the answer to how much of his stuff is still tied to the KD stuff, right? And their friendship mm-hmm. and their wanting to be together and work together and play together and whatever. Yeah. Um because KD didn't exactly distance himself. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in, in shoot around today or in his or on Twitter. So I and I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But how much of of Brooklyn's willingness to put up with all of this is still tied to KD, much like it's been for the last whatever, however many years? And is KD still that guy? Is he still so good that it's worth all of that? I yeah. I mean, KD's been damn good, but yeah. It's funny. It kind of reminds me of. Do you watch the Love Is Blind or Love Is Blind on Netflix? Have you ever heard of it? It's this uh, stupid, think, like yeah, dating heard of it. I've heard of it. I show. have heard of it. I've never watched it. Um, yeah, these people like they meet each other. They or they they never meet each other face to face. They meet each other in these pods and they have okay. conversations about life and they decide that they're in love with each other. And Is then it, it's like a, it's a, a dating show. Yeah, well, okay. they eventually they get married, they get engaged. Wait, what? Without ever, yeah, without ever talk, without ever seeing each other. Oh nah, I'm too and shallow whole, for that. Hell, yeah, nah. well, apparently me too. And and so, um, so the the premise of it though is that like you know if you fall in love with the person that like the the looks aren't eventually going to matter, which again is just a really flawed premise. Excuse from, me. It's the kind of thing that like. <laughs> You tell like twenty three year olds and like, oh my god, that's so pretty. Yeah, that's how this works. <laughs> Looks so fade. No, that's okay, not. Sure. But like, what you see over the course of all of these shows is uh, these couples like try to convince themselves that they did they that they did actually fall in love and they mm-hmm. refuse to like. We felt we fell in love in like four days. Yeah, it was like yeah, it's it's like a I, I think it's over a series of like maybe a week or a couple weeks. Oh, but okay, fine. Yeah. And, but like, essentially, one of the central issues in the shows is none of these people want to admit that they were wrong. You know, like they don't want to just come out and say like, "Yeah, this isn't working." And I'm sorry, I, we're not mm-hmm. doing this. And and I feel like that's kind of what we're seeing here with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, where like everybody else is saying like, "Man, we've been watching. This is not working." Kevin, just get out. Just stop. Ask for them to trade Kyrie. But same, ask the for same a could trade be true of the Nets, right? Like, the right, Nets well, can say this ain't working. We got to do something, right? And and uh, but yeah, I just think here with with Kevin and and with Kyrie, like those two specifically, because that's the partnership, right? That that's the partnership yes. that all this was built on. Yes, um, it's pretty clear. Kyrie isn't meeting Kevin halfway. He's not as committed to basketball as as Kevin. <laughs> Are you is. telling me that relationship isn't fifty fifty? Is that what it's, you're telling me? Oof, <laughs> man. <laughs> 
And and yeah, I think Kevin just needs to like As acknowledge, yeah, this was a big mistake. This was not this is not somebody I should have tied my this career is, to. This is true of I, I I don't know if I said this last night on a show somewhere, but this is true of not just players, because you're right. Like they put this together, or not they, KD put this together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same is true of organizations and GMs. And it is not in my experience, and it doesn't matter, basketball, football, whatever, it doesn't matter. It is not what, like making, and the reason I say this is full circle, because I can bring this back to what we were just talking about with Wiseman and the Warriors. What gets GMs fired, or coaches, but GMs specifically fired, is not making a bad pick, right? And if we call KD yeah. the GM in this, like mm-hmm. attaching yourself to Kyrie is not what gets you he's not getting fired but that is not what gets you in trouble or gets you fired if you're the gm making a bad pick happens all the time yeah trying to justify it for years and years and years after that making sure that that person plays when they don't deserve it giving them an extension when they don't deserve it like the justification of trying to make sure that your bad decision isn't a bad decision and just extending it over and over and over is the problem you make a bad pick you cut bait okay it didn't work be done with it yeah. Trying to justify it with playing time and contract resources, that's what really gets you in trouble. Yeah, I agree. The Lakers should trade Russell Westbrook. All right, um, that's going to do it for the... <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Hook. And we were doing so well. We were, we were doing so well. Look, man, you hire the... If people you... are going to listen to this, and I'm going to have to go to the game tonight and have people look at me crazy... I didn't say that. I do think the best path forward is probably trading. Still a trade. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't say that. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode of the hook in this week's episodes here on the social screen and roll podcast network. Um, I am Anthony. That is Aaron Larson. Jesse. I agree. I did. I did get him. I got him quite well. I'm very proud of myself. I'm going to go pour myself a nice tall cocktail to give myself a high five. Look at this. Faithful. Niners faithful. Look, now for all the Lakers fans that are Rams fans. (laughs) Now, see, now I'm getting you. My Niners kicked you. I went to the doubleheader. I did the doubleheader. I went to SoFi and then had the Lakers game after that. And my Niners kicked y'all ass again, except Mm. when it matters. Y'all, my Vikings are six months. We'll talk to you guys next week.